Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M-O-L-M-M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, it's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got digly pain. You done got digly pain. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that never saves Nazis. Ever. Ever. We don't save mm. Nazis, Jason. Nazis are bad. <laughs> Even if they're pretty, they're not. We don't save them. I'm Ben Helms, and with me as always is my trusty sidekick, the Marcus Brody to my Henry Jones Sr., the Elsa to my Donovan, the Sala to my Indy, proving yet again he is immune to immunity. Jason Helms, how are you recovering, man? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, yeah. I did get uh, COVID. I almost said the big C and then COVID I realized there's some, some ambiguity there. Uh, yeah, just when you thought it was safe. Um, it's, uh, it's great. Also, electric boogaloo. The first time I had COVID, I didn't have diabetes. <laughs> this time I do. Nice. Uh, perhaps related because uh, there is some evidence that COVID causes diabetes. Uh, but uh, <sighs> yeah, I found that what? out today while I was Googling about... Um, blood sugar and and covid because my pcp was like hey by the way you're gonna have some spikes and stuff because of the of the covid i was like oh no way really and i've had the opposite i've had like tons blood of sugar hypo- spikes i've had tons of hypoglycemia uh over the last couple of weeks like i get my sensors going off because i've got a, a continuous glucose monitor i'm dropping into like the 50s and 60s in the middle of the night oh. and like waking up and having a glucose tablet like candy bar time which i've never had so i was like oh let's check out the blood sugar levels and it was like multiple studies talking about the correlation between covid and uh diabetes and they're like wow maybe it was sedentary lifestyle of you know people during the pandemic maybe it was this but also it's a really strong correlation and now we've got some mechanics that might check out actually how it works uh i was like oh so that could be related now i was to be clear i was pre-diabetic before so i mean my genes, my pre-diabetes probably have something to do with it, too. You're also pre-COVIDic as well. I was pre-COVID also. Like, look, like just looking at your timeline of events. I'm doing better. Uh, I got I got to weigh in on this Nazi thing, though, because I, I, I watched. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh, and we have a caller. Yep. OK. From Tallahassee. Weigh in on this Nazi thing for us. Yeah. Hey, you're on caller. Hey, Ben. Uh, just got to weigh in on the Nazis real quick. Yeah. Uh, so. So I've been watching Mythic Quest, and uh, I don't know. I think they, they got it down. They had to handle the Nazis in the most recent episode I just watched. A uh, bunch of Nazis there. They, uh, what Nazi episode was that? I don't remember. They, well, they, they throw a giant party, a giant protest, and the Nazis come in and, like, invade and, like, murder everyone. And the creator is like, well, this is perfect. This is... Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the game, like the World of Warcraft game within Mythic Quest. Yes. Got it. I was like, I don't remember any characters being murdered in that show. No, it was it was within the game. They were murdered. Um, and uh, okay. and then they they everybody who was a murderer there. They were like, oh, now we know who all the Nazis are. And I just put them on their own little server. And as a great Indiana Jones mo- moment yes. where it zooms out of the f- server farm, you see the one server <laughs> labeled in, <laughs> in masking men. tape Nazi jail. And it just zooms out and you see millions and millions of servers, uh, Indiana Jones style. So it, it all comes back together. You don't have to fight the Nazis, Ben. You, you can save them and save everyone by throwing them in their own special Nazi jail where none it of them is. know that they are also that everyone there is a Nazi and they just all hate each other. It's perfect. And today we welcome back an old fomph, not huh. just a friend, but a family member of Low Moral mm. Fiber, a fomph. 
Uh, my old- cousin, by marriage, twice removed. I don't know how many times removed. Uh, I don't think any times removed. But he's, you've been on a few times already. I looked it up. Yeah. You were on our KOTOR episode a few years ago. You brought, mm-hmm. you preached the good word of KOTOR to us. <sighs> KOTOR was so uh, Fate of Atlantis, obviously, which is the, the prequel. I think Fate of Atlantis came out after, didn't it? I should know mm-hmm. that. I literally did no research for this episode. <laughs> I think, didn't Fate of Atlantis come out after this? Four years after, I believe. Yeah, okay. Then 93. That's the year. It was definitely after. I'd have to check the dates. It had to come out. All the good things came out in 93. But yeah, uh, Richard Nile, thanks for being back. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hello. That was like that intro was like if someone was like, Rich, what's your fever dream going to be like tonight? It'd be like <laughs> my cousin Ben asked me to be at a podcast. But then the first part of it is his brother talking about diabetes and COVID like I'm at work right now. <laughs> and Nazis. Um, and then Nazis got involved. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's great to be back. And uh, <laughs> and playing this game that we talked about years ago that I had no no idea existed despite yeah. loving Fate of Atlantis. I didn't. Yeah, I definitely did not know until we started the podcast that this game existed. I knew. Yeah. New fan of Atlantis. It's just weird that they have one game after the movies mm. and it's people would argue the worst mo- of the three. Lots of people argue that I would not argue that because I've seen Temple of Doom. But yeah, it's it was overall, I'd say very enjoyable. I was very impressed by this game. All the shit it got my whole of my since I've heard of this game that was just like impossibly hard. Mm. I still would agree with that. It's really hard. But the fact that like we compared notes a little bit, we're obviously going to go into a deeper dive of comparing notes and gameplay styles. And some people use cheats, not cheats. Sorry. Some people used walkthroughs. Other people mm-hmm. played it a pure way. Again, another Nazi reference. Uh, and we'll see. <laughs> and it's cool that there are actually many ways to play this game, uh, like more so than like a beloved like Sam and Max or Day of the Tentacle, like the classic LucasArts games that I hold in really high esteem. This one has some more complex kind of mechanics going on that can actually give you multiple like different storylines that are completely linear, which I appreciated, even though it was impossibly hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. hard. And (laughs) one thing I'm excited to talk about is the reception um, at its time Uh, and to hear how people at the time interacted differently with the game than I think the three of us did. Uh, But we'll see. Yep. Yes, I it was one of those games that so I used I'm just going to be totally upfront right now. I used to walk through for mm-hmm. all but the first 15 minutes, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe hours with you. Um, Absolutely. And, and and just on that little note, like I it, I had this flashback of looking at a game box and seeing the, the number that you would call to get hints. Yeah. And thinking I would just I would have spent my life savings beating this game, paying mm-hmm. for hints mm-hmm. yep. on a on the back of a box. Yes. The, the oh French God. review ended with something uh, along the lines of uh, just be prepared. This game's going to take you a few weeks. Wow. And it's like at the time, it might be your only game. And that's what yeah. you do for a few hours every day until you get through the whole thing. Which to me, this is like an archetypal level game of, of the reason we started this podcast. And the, the, we try to play this game that, that, that way sometimes, which is when we get stuck, we go to each other, whoever the guest yep. is, me, Corey and Jason. And before we do a walkthrough is we'll ask each other, like, at what point are you at? And we try to give each other hints or we'll even go to uh, what's the hint um, website? Uh, UHS. Universal yeah, yeah, hint the ultimate. System. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Universal hint system or where the ultimate mm. hint system, whatever. UHS, it'll get you mm. there uh, <laughs> where they just give you like one hint at a time. That's really mm. nice. And that, but that mimics the like old playground days where we like we play yeah. it, we get stuck and we talk to our friends at the playground the next day, see where they are and compare notes, try not to spoil it. 
and it would take weeks at that point, months sometimes. I don't think I ever beat Sam and Max until we played it on the podcast. Oh yeah, uh, but we we get like ten hours in and then just get stuck and we'd forget about it for a few months, and then we play it again for ten hours and get stuck and that was kind yep. of it when I was kids. So, and this game would have been really nice at the time because the graphics are absolutely fantastic pixel art. It's great, um, man. The music is great. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no voiced lines at this point. Uh, but but there's definitely a, a rhythm to the uh the conversations you feel like they're actually voiced funny dialogue yeah also you know it's funny too i was just thinking about like playing this game at the time as you play these games the more that you play them the more familiar you get with the way that the challenges and the traps and the yeah um the problems are built yeah. and then the more that you play the game the more you pick up on all these clues that I just missed completely because I used a walkthrough, I didn't really get a sense of like the game designer's way of building problems. Yeah. And I remember that with Atlantis back in the day, you kind of start to think like, Oh, okay. I bet that weird thing over there. If I click on it and look at it, it'll actually be a hint. And then it would be totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. Jason, and I talk about a lot of the, um, we like think like Tim Schafer. I think we used to have a saying Mm, about it. I can't remember what it was, but like, well, where you get stuck and be like, what would Tim Schafer, what would the funniest thing Tim Schafer could write, what would the answer be? And that actually solves problems for us. Or Ron yes. Gilbert, or whoever like the yes. old school Lucasfilm games guys were back in the day. And that, that thinking like them can definitely help us through some of those things that are, just seem like endlessly pointless. And I've picked up everything. I've put all the keys and all the different keyholes and nothing's working. All right, so we'll do a little background, a little history. We'll talk about gameplay for a long time. We'll play a game of what's the drink, what's the song. We'll talk about, we'll visit the recommendation station on our way out of here. We'll talk about what we're playing next, uh, which might be some Star Wars. Maybe not next month, but soon. As soon as that game goes on sale, Mm. I'm playing that Star Wars, okay? Uh, And then, yeah, and one more thing, uh, Richard, I just want to say congrats on the new baby. It's not not super new anymore, but still new. The newest baby to the family. Part Um, of the reason I use the walkthrough. (laughs) And the entire reason I use the walkthrough. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Richard and his lovely Thank wife, you. Laura, uh, welcomed to uh, the world, a new Fomf, little baby Ray. So That's congrats, right. man. Yeah. A few months Thank ago. You. Congratulations. When was he born? October? Uh, September, September. 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 That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Dude, that's gone fast. It's going to be September yeah, again soon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's how it works. That's it's it. crazy. Again, it's like a few months away, less than 12 yeah. months from now. It'll be September man. again. Wake me up when that ends. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Unfortunately, we have to go back to Jason <laughs> to talk about the history of the game. So, Jay, take it away. All right. Uh, so the game was set to release with the movie. Uh, it didn't line huh. up exactly, but it was pretty close. Oh, that's right. Um, it came out in July. The movie came out late May. So you got about a month, month and a half uh, gap in between. And evidently the design team, uh, which directors of the game were uh ron gilbert noah falstein david fox uh the core team the guys yeah Yeah. all the black and white pictures of old lucasfilm games is those three guys yeah this is the team uh this is only the third scum game uh before this yeah you got maniac mansion zach mccracken and then this Uh, wow yeah which makes it to me much more impressive this looks so much better yeah such a leap would this have been coded at Lucas Ranch? Uh, I think or it was Skywalker Ranch. I mean, I'm not sure if they were still at Skywalker Ranch. If Lucasfilm Games were there, or if they'd moved off the ranch at that point. But they they were in meetings at the ranch early on. Yeah, and I found multiple references to them meeting with Spielberg and Lucas to talk about the movie. And 
the reason that this oh includes God. things that the movie doesn't is because they were in those early on meetings and they didn't know that those parts were cut from the movie. Wow. So oh, interesting. This, this is actually in some ways closer to the original vision of the movie. This is uh, canon. Uh, the movie uh, is just uh-huh. fan, uh, fan edit, basically. Yep. And they also got to see early uh, pre-release cuts of the, of the film. Oh, sick. Which I, I assume they were doing that at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so to answer your question, I don't think that the main work was mm. happening at the ranch at that point, but I, they were having meetings there, sir. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, so this is like the, the first example within LucasArts, at least, of like corporate shill cross-promotion. Right. Yeah. Of just like, oh, the big the, the daddy company that makes the money. Uncle Steven is making a movie that I'm producing. So I need my little babies to get in the office and make a little game about it. Yep. <sighs> so George. this was the first scum game to include the verbs look and talk. Oh, how? I know I played the other ones, but right? that seems it's insane. Right. It's like the basic verbs. I, I can't believe that it took this long. Um, wow. Yeah, I definitely did not remember that this game was so early on. How did you talk to people? I don't even remember. This is also the first one that had like a dialogue system. You just clicked on them, I guess? Uh, the other ones, there were conversations, but you didn't get choices in those conversations. They were just like cutscenes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking to Ed or Edna, they would just say the same thing over and over unless you gave them a new, um, you know, uh, object or object. something. Uh, in this one, remember, you can choose dialogue options. That yeah. was a huge jump forward. And is, they're complex, man. I wonder if this was one of the earliest games to have dialogue options. Yeah. Actually. Um, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> so just <laughs> the first game they came up with where you can talk back and forth. And a lot of it is just conversation with Nazi guards. Yeah, just talking to Nazis. The same conversation with different <laughs> Nazi guards. <laughs> In you don't need to see my identification. Move along. Move along. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it also allows you uh, to, to punch people. Right, you can. No, there is a whole fighting mm-hmm. system. Yeah, and not only that, but at any moment, basically, you can just drop into fighting stance. Yeah, uh, yeah. that is always a dialogue option when you're talking to the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took great use of that at, can... at one key moment in the game. Yeah, I punched Hitler in the face. Nice. Um, I did too. I yes. did too. It felt good, yeah. right? It did. It, did. it felt really yeah. good. You were like, "I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna press save real quick, but I'm gonna do this." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. F five. Oh, that was great. F five for for sure. Yeah, it, it was uh, fantastic. It was really uh, well received at the time, uh, at least in the American press. I did find a French review because, uh, like I said, I dug deep on this game uh, and there was not a lot to dig through uh, that I could find online. I uh, read original reviews from Computer Gaming Magazine uh, from 1989. Uh, one thing that surprised me there was the spoilers in there. So this would have been this was mm-hmm. in November. So, you know, five months later, but still they reveal things about the ending of the movie uh, just right in there. I, I would be very surprised to see that nowadays. It's amazing to see just kind of a different relationship to spoiler cut uh, culture yeah, at the time. For sure. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the French review of it uh, for the uh, Amiga version was, was not as effusive. Uh, it liked parts of it, but they, they noted that the translation was rushed. Um, and uh, Ben, you were, you were really thrown off by the rough sound review on that game. They gave four out of 10. Was that right? Oh, it said son four out of 10. And I was like, mm-hmm. I get that Henry Jones is like a cool guy. It's nice to have Sean Connery in your movie, but to give India four out of 10 just seems no. Uh, I don't know French, but I, yeah, I, I thought those were different pu- uh, publications that were rated. That, that, that was yeah. sound was four out of sound. 10. I, and sound is so much, especially for these games relative to 1989 and what other games were going on. Right. And so like loom, I'm like, what other games came out around then? I don't know. I will say, 
I played it with mute. I, it was muted the entire time I played it, not realizing. And oh, I was no. like, gosh, oh, no. I was like, oh, well, they didn't have sound for games. That was what do I know? What you do? And, uh, and the, the, I turned it on right at the very end. I realized, I was like, oh, great. It's just been on mute. I turned it on and all I got was the credit roll at the oh, end, then, which then. is like set. And it, but it's perfect. It's like, yeah. it's the dream. It's yep. so good. Yep. It is. Um, yeah, well, I top, don't remember top three all time movie scores as far yeah. as like the theme. Wow. Right? I don't remember so much good. impressive sound wise uh, during the game other than the music itself. Mm. Um, right. You know, there were sound effects and things like that. I don't remember them doing anything uh, terribly interesting with it. Um, it did land on a couple of best of lists. It was the 28th best game of all time, according to Amiga Power. In 91? Yeah, one to, that was in 89, I believe. In um, 89. I have to check the date on That's that. crazy. Let's uh, check the date real quick. This um, game... No, man. Ben, you're right. It's 91. Wow. I did see it was on a list of top 50 in 91. Wow. Uh, so it really landed well. It was the best-selling Lucasfilm game at the time. Wow. Because uh, remember, this is not a LucasArts game. This was a Lucasfilm game. Lucasfilm game. Mm. Before um, they even had their own thing, yeah. And uh, so even if the French didn't like it, uh, the Americans uh, really went nuts for it. And by the way, the French reviewers very clear that the PC version was much better. Uh, the translation was rushed and was like, listen, you know, it's not it's not their fault necessarily. It's just the version I'm playing is not that great. Um, so I, I don't want to pretend that all of France hated it. Actually, I do. That's more fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the basics of the development. Uh, I guess the only other thing to say is uh, how we each played this because it is tough to play nowadays. I played it on a Steam mm. Deck and I. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was great. I played it through GOG. Um, and I, I had to I had to figure out how to get the numpad to work on my Steam Deck. That was the toughest part of the this entire process. Huh. And I was able to tie it in. I kind of Googled around, found out how to do it. Uh, and once I did, I was punching Nazis with ease. It was honestly easier wow. than having a numpad uh, to just have basically one of the joysticks. If you flick left, it does the, the five. And if you do up and to the right, it does I this. felt like every time I won, it was pure luck. Yeah. I was just hitting well, all the numbers. And were Same. you doing it with a numpad or did you have them across the top? Uh, the top. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that, that's so tough. Across the top. Oof. You have to have like the full numpad. I was just like three, six, yeah. nine, three, six, nine, three, six, nine, three, six, nine. Oh, I was just jabbing. So, so bad. Bobbing, weaving. It was great. I could actually fly the biplane. I, I only made it to like the second checkpoint. Uh, oh, still. Uh, yeah. I flew the, bl- the I, blind pane and immediately crashed. I will say I that is the part I replayed the most other than I did not want to get too far ahead. But I did, I did play that a lot just so I could shoot down some Nazis. I was going to say that's right up your alley, right? Yes. And I played it first. I put in probably like an hour and 45 minutes or two hours on Steam itself. And it was a really frustrating. And, and then I was like, wait, didn't I have some gaming platform that I played this on, some emulator? And then I remembered Scum and Scum, then yeah, it was much yeah. better. Good. Um, I do cool. want to read you one thing. Let me find it real quick. Um, about the the mazes, because uh, this game includes two substantial mazes. Yeah, it's two. It's first under uh, underground in Vienna, the catacombs. Or in, I'm sorry, in um, Venice, mm. and uh, second in Berlin. Or no, in, in Berlin? Uh, uh, not in Berlin. In um, mm. the castle. Uh, the castle in. Oh uh, sure, yeah, 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 wherever that was. And does the does the uh, Zeppelin have a maze as well? I thought there was something. In- I don't know. I didn't either. The wa- the walkthrough I read alluded to a maze in the Zeppelin, I mean, and I was like, puzzle, I think I'll fly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We all did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> interesting that we all took that route. Okay, here it is. 
So this is from a review at the time. This is uh, Charles Ardai of Computer, Computer Gaming World. All right. Two substantial areas in the game are the catacombs under Venice and the Nazi Schloss Brunwald in Austria. The former is far and away the best maze sequence ever put into an Which adventure one? game. Uh, under Venice. Wow. The best, far and away, the best maze sequence ever put into an adventure game. Accomplishing something I had thought impossible, it makes exploring a maze simple enough to accomplish in a single attempt and enjoyable enough that one can go back again just for the fun of it. The latter is reminiscent of Castle Wolfenstein, if one is old enough to remember Castle Wolfenstein, with its overhead perspective. Oh, man, I just realized they're not wow. referencing Wolfenstein. They're, they're not referencing, referencing Wolfenstein 3D. They're no. referencing yeah. something the, else. The previous so one. The previous yeah. game. This is like, jeez. Grand Theft Auto. Wow. Oh, Grand Theft No, no, no. Yeah. You mean the original Grand Theft Auto, the top-down yes. racing machine. One and two. Oh, yeah. those games rocked, by the way. Um, okay, I, I did wow. want that to land for us, to remember that at the time, people loved mazes. And as mazes go, this one was done very, very well. That's cool. uh, I, I teach this to my students in the, the video game class. I have them play Zork. And a lot of times they'll get lost in the forest. There's, you know, it's really easy to get lost up there. And one of the reasons for that is the, uh, the mazes don't connect. So if you remember the mazes from Monkey Island, they work this way. Uh, yep. If you go uh, north and then east and then south and then west, you don't end up back where you start. Right. right. The connections are not right. Um, but they're also not random. There's a system to it that you're trying to figure out. And so... Is that a piracy thing mm, in the sense no. that, like, you have to have the puzzle there or the, you can't just brute force your way through? You have to have the manual or something? I don't think so. The manual helps there. Or is that you have to have the answer to the puzzle. You can't randomly right. just get there. That's there, what that is. There okay. is an anti-piracy thing. I can't remember what it was. Anti-piracy. That's, yeah. And this one, it's at the very end. It's, it's the, at the very end. It says, like, it, check. This doesn't say with the, um, with the cup. Check the manual yes. to see yes. what cup oh, is glowing, what color. So I don't know how you guys did. I just randomly did it. It took, it took to like the fifth one to get the right. Uh, oh, I had a copy chalice. of the, my copy of uh, Indie came with a download of the manual. Oh, because you did on GOG. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What did I do? Did you guys both not have the manual? Scum to VM doesn't have that. Holy cow. I got to I'm, I'm emailing it to you right now. I'm texting it to both of you. It's so cool. No, I just downloaded it. I have it, too. Okay, good. I'm actually looking it. at it on Google right now because I wanted to see good. the address of Lucasfilm Games, but it's not on there. Um, <laughs> and you've seen, the, you've seen the Grail Diary, right? I ha- uh, it's not in my manual. I will send it to you. The Grail Diary is so cool. I, uh, I mean, I obviously the walkthrough gave me yeah. a, a heads up, but also when I was, playing the, I was playing through the game through the walkthrough and I was thinking, like, this is crazy that you know, you'd have to plan so far ahead in a game like this to be able to make sense of later in the game. But I guess if you have the book and the manual, I remember Fate of Atlantis came with a, because I had the yeah. physical Fate of Atlantis back in the day, and it came with a really amazing game manual in the same way. I remember this one. I remember playing it, uh, I think, at Justin Ferris's house, uh, right. if I'm remembering right. Uh, and seeing this manual in real life. It's not a manual, it's the uh, Grail Diary. I just texted it to both of you. So give me your reactions as you start looking through it. But this is like the coolest thing ever. So it has like a leather printed cover and it's all like handwritten and like it looks like someone's diary. Yeah. Like handwritten notes and it has like coffee stains and it has like wow. handwritten sketches and it has inserts that are typewritten. That's really cool. Whose handwriting was right? this? That's the, I would love to know. Who wrote this? I'm going to guess David Fox. I bet it's I bet it's above his not above his pay grade, but I, I bet they got an artist to come in and do this. Oh, maybe. 
Um, because I, I just ma- imagine if having very precise handwriting. All the papers are different colors. There's news clippings. Gorgeous. This mm-hmm. is amazingly done. Like this is like some Etsy. There are some very simple drawings. Steve Purcell, I believe, was lead artist on this. So it could be him. There's more complex drawings towards the bottom. Page 43. Like, yeah, they're amazing drawings. Wow. This is so cool. Uh, OK, so so here's the coolest puzzle. What wow. happens is you find that one thing out in Venice where it's like, it's either, you know, this reveals that the uh, the Grail is either the one mentioned in the Celtic scholar, in the Irish poem, or the one mentioned in you know the letter uh, to the German mistress. And you have to flip through this thing and find the mm. two of them. That's cool. And then the key is later in uh, uh, Brunwald, you find a painting of the Grail, and is it glowing or is it not glowing? And basically the two entries that are described there, the Celtic scholar one will also describe that it's glowing and the German mistress one will not describe that. And therefore, yeah, you know, cool. it's the one mentioned in the Celtic scholar. And then you read the description of the grail there and you're like, oh, I've got it. So you're like leaping through this thing to solve the puzzle. That's really cool. So amazing. At the very end, it says illustrations by Ooh. Jason called it Steve Purcell. Yes. Ri- written by Mark Falstein, who I'm guessing is Noah's brother associated with Noah. Noah's yeah. brother. I don't know. Or, or just Dad. a coincidence. A terrible coincidence. Uh, art direction by Mark Shepard, hand lettering by Jane Osgood. Mm. This thing is beautiful. I would love to get a copy of this. This is really cool. It is. It even yep. has this. I, I watched the movie too. We didn't talk about that. I watched the movie last week, and there's a, a direct things taken from the actual Grail in this, which is really cool. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, as did I. I also rewatched the movie. Nice. It's so good, man. So great. I did not. I should have. I want to say it holds up, but that's not shocking. It, it's always been good. <laughs> it's not like, oh, Nazis yeah. are in again. Uh, it, it's always been good. Nazis are bad. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're already dipping into gameplay. Any more uh, any more research development game game stuff? No, I don't think so. gameplay overall this is usually the time where jason shits all over the game but um the game was really hard i think other than that this game was really fun <laughs> it was really hard this is, so this is hard. the time where you shit all over the game <laughs> this game was really fun though i loved it i mean this would be it was this is like the perfect level of difficulty pre-internet yes right where this game would take you weeks of playing with friends having friends do sleepovers and be like oh i never saw the wine bottle before are you kidding me and like those, yep. uh, that's why we loved playing these games. Not not because we did walkthroughs, right? As kids, like we do that now because we have a month to play them, <laughs> mm. and we have jobs and kids and stuff. But yeah, I mean, this game was not impossibly hard, but just under impossibly hard. I'd say it's not Rebel Assault too hard. <laughs> yep, I want to know more about Brunewald. Uh Venice. I feel like I could have gotten through. Like uh, the reviewer said, you could get through on the first try. Uh, I could see myself getting through mm-hmm. without the walkthrough. Uh, I don't think I ever would have gotten through Brunewald without the walkthrough. So Brunewald's just the castle with all the guards everywhere? Yeah, it involves okay, yeah, yeah. filling up a cup yep. with beer, pouring the beer. Outfit changes. Outfit changes. Multiple outfit changes. Outfit, outfit changes are so annoying. Oh, my God. Yeah, pouring out the right. beer mm-hmm. to put out a fire so you can steal the meat so you can use it yeah. to persuade mm-hmm. a dog that you don't even know you need until an hour yes. later. Filling up the trophy. Yeah. And then filling up the a beer. trophy with beer because the cup is gone now. 
to fight the giant Nazi. Yeah, yeah, for the giant Nazi, exactly. It is crazy. That's another thing we should talk about is the fact that most LucasArts games we play, and that this has dictated how I play almost every game, you can't die. And even in things like Elden Ring and Zelda and Mario, like, you can die, but it's kind of like sorta, right? Like you go to your bench, right? Even Souls likes so you go to your closest bench or, or save point or whatever. And like, so I, I approach most games like I can't die because the, the penalty is not that bad. This game, you can die a lot. Evidently, that was Spielberg's note. So you wanted the player to be able to die? As, as I read through development, he was like, no, Indy should die. Like it needs and to feel it, scary. It needs to feel like you could die. And Gilbert was like, ah, that kind of goes against our entire design philosophy, but we'll maybe allow it here and there. Yeah. You can die a lot. I died a lot of times. At the end, you can die and the game ends. Yeah. So there's a canonical way that you go back. Yes. You try to take the, the grail past the um, whatever the marking is. Uh, you just get buried and your dad says, oh, Junior, why did you have to do that? That wasn't very smart. And Indy's and last words are, don't call me Junior. Mm. There's a phenomenal gif of you drinking from the wrong cup. Yeah. That we will we will tweet with this yeah. episode link. So check out our Twitter right now. It's mm-hmm. there. I made it out of the uh, the myriad attempts of finding the right grail uh, that I had. So there's like a dozen grails. You literally just clicked on every one. I just started from the right, went to the left. Yeah. Wow. I started. No, I started with the. Wow. There was two that were like way less markinged up. Right. There was like a wooden one and the ceramic one. So I was like, yep. okay, let's go for the the cup of a carpenter. Yep. And those weren't it because it's randomly nope. generated. And I started well, the right one over. One more thing, you actually could not save scum the ending in the original release. I so, saw that in the walkthrough. I'm so glad you could here. Oh yeah. You imagine? Yes. I did too. Oh so you God. both could during in the uh, scum VM. But yeah. I don't know about you all, but I fell to my death so many times. Only, only once for me, but yeah. Just over. Oh, I fell to my death over and over and over again. And every time I would reload the save right where I was about to step off that little cliff. I would think about yeah. all of the people that have come before <laughs> us that couldn't save. Oh my god! Oh, I know. I was just gonna say the mazes. Yeah, they were so daunting. I was playing with a walkthrough, like married to a walkthrough throughout the game, and the mazes were so daunting. And I was just at the, especially the Brunwald Castle. I was thinking about like, gosh, how would you know Dude, to put right? on this outfit? and then talk to this guard and then change back out of that outfit to go talk to it. It's, it's incredible. The, the sort of creativity there, but also the fact that that game was capable of, of allowing that gameplay. Yeah. Maybe that's the part that I would have quit at as a kid. Cause that was even with a walkthrough. I forget. Mm-hmm. I forgot a few times to like put on the right costume and had to like go back five minutes. Cause I didn't save or whatever. Like that was rough, dude. Which I guess wouldn't seem like it was happening as much if you weren't playing with a rock walkthrough, right? Because you're you're spending hours each time you change to like figure out what what rooms are what and talking with guards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But and there's more pressure on like oh, I'm going to go downstairs. What do I need to do? Okay, change to my indie costume. Or I do I change my waiter costume? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I did love the where was it where yes. there's Sam and Max references in Brunwald and at the co- oh. at the college. By the way, I love I remember the college. I love Bernard College as a destination. I have such fond memories of playing that yes. in Fate of Atlantis. And like then when you show up there in this game and the game starts there. Yeah, so it's sure. such warm, oh fond memories. Uh, I didn't catch the Sam and Max references. I don't think I caught Chuck the plant. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, uh, he was in, I think, Henry's apartment. Chuck the mm-hmm. plant in Indies or yeah, yeah, in the house. 
Um, what was what were the Sam and Max references? Wasn't there a totem pole in Indy's oh. office? Yeah, with Sam and Max. In oh it. my gosh, I didn't even realize. I that. didn't catch the one in Brunwald though. Uh, a painting, I think, in the oh, nice. in the art, as I recall. Yeah. Makes sense. There was a um, in the credits. Sam and Max appear courtesy of Steve Purcell. Because at the time, this was not a reference to the Sam and Max game. This is a reference to the Sam and Max comic. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. There was no Sam and Max game. But there was a bunch of comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And this is before the comics, I believe, were coming out in the, in the Adventurer, which was the uh, LucasArts magazine that came out with, with every video game. Yeah. Um, I, I have, loved the Adventurer. I think I have 10 issues of that liner in or somewhere. So wow. cool. Man. I could read The Adventurer all day long. That's another thing. As I was pouring through this old computer gaming uh, world magazine, I one of my dark secrets is late at night when I'm trying to fall asleep, I will read old issues of video game magazines. And nice. it just puts me in like a good emotional space where I just feel like I'm 12 again. And it's just like, everything's okay. No, no, go for it. That's awesome. That, that's, my, that's my lovey, right, that I have to hold. Uh, to help me sleep we're gonna be together uh jason and i um and Ooh. actually uh, richard and i we're all gonna be together at different times i guess i'll be together with both of you next month um on consecutive days actually separately but together yeah uh wow and so but jason i'll bring some adventures when we hang out magazines oh. um and because yes. every adventurer has the same and max comic ends with a it has the same and max comic in it yeah wow that's cool anyway um favorite scene as I mean, it's a movie, basically. Did we have a favorite? They yep. cut out some big ones. Obviously, the whole tank chase at the end was just gone. Oh, um, yeah. just like, hey, we're yeah. we're at the temple at the very end, um, which I don't know how they. Could. I mean, I'm sure they could have done like a, a puzzle maze version of the tank chase. I don't know. It, it was definitely the third border crossing. That was my favorite. Oh my god! Only three, huh? There were like eight border crossings. Uh, that was a joke. It it was not my favorite. They're all the same. Uh, and the guide is like. Uh, you know, use these colors to know which one is the right answer. They're all the same. Like, they're all identical. And finally, <laughs> after about the fourth one, I was like, oh, you didn't the, have different colors. It's the colors of the font, not of... yeah, you, the text was different colors. Oh, I didn't pick up on that at all. I had thought that, but I was like, mm. and the, the, the second one was like blue. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of a teal. Is that what they mean by blue? Where we? It, it was just wrong. It was like the color description was wrong yeah. on one or two. Yeah, and there was yeah. like a gray that was yeah. light bluish too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. That's fair. I did have to fight two of the guards. I will say to segue in, my favorite scene was definitely when you meet Hitler, and that they just that was so well done. Um, yeah. And I definitely punched him, and it was great. And then I was like, okay, what should I actually do? And then I I had Hitler sign my pass. Nice. Yes. Which was so helpful for all those checkpoints. Yeah. My yes. question, though, did either of you have him sign anything else? What did you have him sign? Two things. You can sign, have him sign Mein Kampf. Well, what else? I, I did the pass as well. I had him sign Mein Kampf because that's what happens in the movie. And then I, I saved right after that when you're at the airport. And when I went back uh, today, actually, to finish the game, I was at the airport. Uh, and I saw him again. I was like, I wonder what else he can sign. I had him yep. sign the Grail Diary. Yes. Well, that's like, cool. Here you that's go. what I was going to say. Doesn't yeah. he sign the Grail Diary in the movie? Not my. I think Kampf? he does. Well, yeah. You both saw it recently. Oh, was it the Grail Diary? It's my. It's the Grail Diary that he signs. Oh, yeah. okay. Because why would Indy have mine comp? I got it confused with the game, man. Because <laughs> I watched. I watched. Played the first half of the game. Then I watched the movie two weeks ago. Uh, so that all blends into one. And then I finished the game the last couple of days. So yeah, they're all one in my mind now. 
Uh, also, uh, we should note there was also an Indiana Jones uh, and the Last Crusade action adventure. This huh. was the graphic adventure. They were released at the same time. In fact, they're what? both re- reviewed in the same issue of Computer Gaming World. What are you talking about? This one is this is a platformer that Lucasfilm did at the exact same time. I re- oh, this was um, uh, what's the game where you sw- Pitfall, right? Wasn't this exactly like Pitfall? Uh, I haven't seen footage of it. Um, but it, I mean, it sounds kind of like it. I thought this is one where you like whip over and you like go over like swamps and stuff. Oh, it's exactly, it is. I thought that's what it was. Oh, it yeah. absolutely that's is. That's how I remember. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't. Yes. Do- it was not done by Lucasfilm Games. It was done by uh, U.S. Gold, developed by Tier Tech Studios, uh, a different one. Yeah, and it does, does not look like a LucasArts game. It looks like you should play it on a Game Gear. Is oh, what it looks like. You know what? It, it looks like Prince of Persia. It looks. Like, it looks like a brown Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. It totally looks like a Game Gear game. For sure. Let me let me look at some pictures so I can see what y'all are talking about. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, that's amazing. That looks really really hard. Uh-huh. So so I ran into a review of that. Um, by the way, they did have it on Game Gear, so you're not wrong. You're probably looking <laughs> at awesome. images from Game Gear. That's amazing. Um, yeah. It was at the time. Remember, every game came out for like every system. So this that means uh, Amiga. Yeah. Amstrad, CPC, Atari ST, C60, Commodore 64, DOS, Game Boy, Game Gear, MSX, Genesis, wow. Master System, NES, ZX Spectrum. Sorry, ZX Spectrum. It was a British system. It's crazy that Game Boy was a thing in the, I mean, I guess it, I don't know why I'm saying that. Nintendo's always been a generation behind hardware-wise and software-wise. Well, I believe the Game Boy came out that year. I just mean because Game Gear was so much more like Game Gear had color, right? Yeah. It had more pixels and yeah. it was just it was way bigger. Yep. But Game Boy is just this little black and white brick and it had two buttons. <laughs> but we all had them. Well, the, the Game Gear, mm-hmm. the Game Gear didn't come to the U.S. till two years later. OK, so they had a foothold in. OK, all right. Till 91. So mm. they, they were not exactly contemporaries in that sense. But also that's the uh, the Nintendo ethic of what is Gunpei uh, Yokoi saying of uh, creative thinking with withered technology. Totally. Yeah, totally. It's uh, my favorite example, I think, is actually uh, the Ring Fit Adventure uh, heartbeat sensor. So on every switch, uh, Richard, do you have a switch? I do. So there's a if you look at one of the controllers, it's got a uh, an RF sensor like a remote control, Uh but only one of them. And it's at the top. And it's not used for anything except for this is so far as I know, the only use of it in any switch game uh, is it's a heart rate monitor in Ring Fit Adventure. Wow. And it's only there because they they cost like two pennies. They were like, no, they don't use these anymore. Like, who cares? But we could install them and then we could use them for something fun. And and so this is an example of it. The game was the same way. The Game Boy was not incredible in any sense. But it was in in terms of like uh, the the software groundbreaking or the, the or hardware. Yeah, it wasn't groundbreaking, sure. but it was groundbreaking in terms of like, wow, you could change games. You could play different games on a handheld system. Mm. This is how we could make that work. And the key things they were thinking about was how do we get the batteries to last for a flight across the Pacific Ocean? Mm. Because our dream demographic is a Japanese businessman flying to San Francisco. Wow. And we want them to be able to play all the way across. For Game Boy? Game Boy, yeah. Interesting. I could definitely pay, play Tetris that long. Tetris yeah. lasts like 30 hours on those batteries. I think. Yep. Um, I will say, though, the whole wither tech, I think their technology is withering more because my Game Boy Color that I got in 1998 
still works almost still every works. i mean it works i played almost every single day it still works great wow oh they're very proud of that with the game boy uh and my my switch is officially a brick yeah wow it's still, it is i'm sorry it man. is dead to the world i gotta send it to nintendo yeah. But it lasted like four or five years. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah. They're still charging people $70 for new games on it. So how yeah. bad could it be? Even without bricking, the uh, Joy-Con drift is just such a huge issue with that. I think that's a big example. Uh, I've never had an issue with that. Had multiple controllers. Yeah. But I've heard so many nightmares with that. You and Corey both heard that. I think I have controller uh, Joy-Con drift. I played Joy-Con Cult drift. of Lamb. And I remember yeah. being a little bit sad by that. God, the game's so fun. It Man, is so fun. fun one. Um... What else about this game? I really loved the plane crash scene when you crash the plane and yeah. that just the like the the background to that little interaction where you the then walk around the house. So, so cool. The coloration and everything was incredible. That was cool. I will say this gameplay, I didn't love the mazes, but I loved the almost cut scenes or the play scenes between the mazes where you're sort of playing in really familiar environments from the movie. Yes. So cool. Like... When you're um, roped to the chair with your dad, a hundred percent, you have to like slide over to <laughs> yes. the armor. That was so cool. That was a really fun scene. Uh-huh. That was a great scene. It was so much fun. Ben, how many uh, clicks was it? Fifty-seven, fifty-nine. But remember, Somewhere you got to multiply that by three because it was you have to scoot your chair across the entire room fifty-seven times or something like that. Fifty-five times. But to do so, fifty-five, you have to press push. And then you have to click on the chair and then you have yeah. to click on it again to confirm. Oh, nope. Or you could just hit the right arrow. The right arrow. I just did that. Scum V had a keyboard sh- shortcut for push. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I just hit, or it was P or something where I just uh-huh. like hit, hit, hit after I did it like 10 times. I was like, this is stupid. I just like started hitting things until it, yep. it started working. I was trying to find uh, keyboard shortcuts for the buttons and could not. And was just like, oh, we're done. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Wow, Um, so that must have taken you like 15 minutes to slide across that room. Took forever. (laughs) Took forever. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I literally was like watching TV while I was doing it, like, yeah, just clicking buttons, hating my life. Yeah, yeah. Lateral thinking with withered technology. I I found the phrase. Lateral thinking with with seasoned technology. Yeah, fair. Uh, A lot of roadblocks all throughout this whole game. A lot of roadblocks. Some literal, some figurative. I know we talked about it already, but it's just it was a weird thing that they added to this game that the only appearance in the game in the movie you was drive through motorcycles running through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. drive through it and a motorcycle yeah. crashes into it. Indy drives through it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My favorite like, scene was uh, just riding off into the sunset with uh, with my girl in my arm. You know, Elsa, you know, it was great to see us together in love, young and in love. Wow. To. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough luck. So neither of you saved Elsa. I saved Elsa. You saved I, Elsa. I, okay. I believe I did. Yeah, as I recall, I did. I was interested in doing that, and then she ran over and got it and <laughs> fell down like immediately. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm not going to save her today. I, All right, not a lot of choice there. I was it Marcus that was just dripping little animated water the entire yes. time that he <laughs> the entire time just, mud water whatever. Oh, wow. At the very end, he's like, "Follow me, I know the way yep. out." And <laughs> he runs back into the temple. Yeah. Oh, my bad. And then runs out. It was good. Brody's the best. Oh, I said I sent you guys the clip, too, right? We were watching it last week of they're like Marcus Brody is a camouflage. He's a human yeah. camouflage. He can so good. fit in wherever he is. He knows 50 languages. He's been to a thousand countries. That's that, that clip from the movie. And so then it clips to Brody just a foot above everyone else in the middle of nowhere. The <laughs> like only white person suit. there. 
Yeah, just like full of like luggage and just like screaming. Does anyone know an American? Anyone? Yeah. And just screaming. So good. He's given them to Marcus Brody. Marcus? You didn't drag poor Marcus along, did you? He's not up to the challenge. He sticks out like a sore thumb. We'll find him. The hell you will. He's got a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grill already. Uh, does anyone here speak English? Or even ancient Greek? Uh, water, no, thank you, sir. There are fish making up in it. Thank you so much. No, I don't, thank you. No, can I, can I just, uh, here's a just general question. Would a game like this, like if, so I know, right, they've they've done more of these point-and-click games, but would a game like this work today? Because I would I don't know that I would have been able to play through it without a walkthrough. And I've played yeah. a lot of video games, including Fate of Atlantis, without a walkthrough. Yeah, oh my god. But that was oh, like wow. 20 years ago, right? So now, like, like if I give this game to my my 16-year-old brother and I was like, all right, man, no walkthrough. Right. I, 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 how? I don't know. I guess I should try it. That'd be super interesting. He should have been the guest for this show. <laughs> it depends on if he has the time. Yeah. Right. And no other games. Yeah. You have to remove all other games and media from his life. Remember, at this time, it's not like you could go watch a VHS of Last Crusade either. Right. You had to wait, you know, a year or two before that came out. Right. Uh, this was your only way to relive the movie. Yeah. And so I, I think with the right investment, but I, I think it's actually... The difficulty of a play in a game like this is if you're frustrated, you could go play something else. Mm, yeah. And at the time, it'd be like, what am I going to do? There, there's only two other games. You know, there, there's not right. there's a reason this game is on top 50 lists because right. there were only 80 games. Well, I, that's mm-hmm. a good point. I will say when I played through Fate of Atlantis in like 1994 on my mom's power PC, I spent all summer playing it and I didn't do yeah. any like there was no other game. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's a really good point. Every day I would just like sit down and I would struggle through like I was on the island of Crete trying to spin discs and line up moons. And I just remember that for hours. So yeah, yeah, that's it, right? I mean, people are going to say that about Elden Ring in 20 years. Mm. They're going to be like, you had to press buttons. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> like it didn't just sense your thoughts. Uh, uh, I mean, there's obviously the Ron Gilbert jam. There's Return to Monkey Island that we just played a few months ago, mm-hmm. a brand new Monkey Island game that's mm-hmm. very much like this game in the style of Scum games. There's the Moid Park, which is a, a kind of the archetype of these games. It's like the game to end all month games. And it's, it, yeah, I think that the thing that they, they know people will look up walkthroughs, right? Because we yeah, don't have time sure. these days. And not that we had more time, but like in the sense that like we want more immediate results and answers. We have the like impossibly large computers in our pockets all the time all the information and we'll use it and so i think that they the expectation for for comedy and for dialogue and for story has gotten kind of ratcheted up a bit because they can't just rely on people are just going to play this game because there's nothing else to do or because they're going to love it because the puzzles are hard which in the 90s was a thing now we don't want the puzzles to be endlessly hard we want it to be funny and we want the characters to be good we want good story arcs and that so like those two games i mentioned i think that's that's the thing that has the gameplay might got might have gotten a little easier. I'd say definitely gotten easier, but mm-hmm. there's a more there's a wider spectrums of games to choose from when it comes to difficulty. And so you can you can play games that are just as hard. You can play games that are easier, that are funnier. I mean, yeah, I think there's that's kind of the thing we're we're blessed with right now is as as many options as you can think of. It probably mm-hmm. exists somewhere. 
and we meter out those those hints for ourselves right we don't necessarily we meter out those hints for ourselves so i'm playing uh tears of the kingdom and i am like intentionally avoiding those hints i am like racking my head about certain puzzles and there's other puzzles where i'm like i've spent an hour on this no i'm I'm just gonna look it up i I don't want to anymore there's enough other puzzles i'll be fine yeah yeah exactly Mm. what are you gonna say rich no no i was just gonna say you know i guess too in this area like like the wild thing about like if you want to play a game like this you just you just download it off of god and you replay it yeah and you get to you get to relive this this insanely difficult game. I've played a lot of video games. This has to be one of the hardest. Um, yeah. And I you know I don't know if it was like Fate of Atlantis. I don't know how much more advanced the like so what here this game added talk and look. Yeah. I don't know what Fate of Atlantis added, but I don't think it was anything else, right? Because I think you have those same options basically in Fate of Atlantis, but. Somehow, Fate of Atlantis felt a little more familiar, like when we when we played yeah. through it, whatever it was, a few years back. Like more modern, like the gameplay was familiar. A little or? more modern. Yeah, and yeah. so 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 maybe you know it's that thing, isn't it, where you play a you play the second or third game and you don't realize like what the first game was like, uh, and this is a, I think a great example of that, where where I don't yeah. know, you know, like if I was going to, if, if you set, set both games down, I having played both and said, all right, Rich, play one. I'd play Fate of Atlantis, even though this was a great game. 100%. Yeah. I think Fate of Atlantis is a much better game. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this is great. Like this is, this is really good for its time, but you have to do a lot of for its timing about it. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it's true. Fate of Atlantis, you can still play today. This is mm. uh, to me, the difference between Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Mm. There are some mm. phenomenal Nintendo games that you can still play. And they're all called Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And there is, yeah. but there's a ton of Super Nintendo games that you can still play to this day. And you could introduce someone to that right. has never played any of these old games before and they would just love. Right. I would say that's a huge gap between 89 and 93. Right. Wow. 89 is that original Nintendo. It is Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Yeah. It is the original Game Boy games. Game and Boys. Then with 93, yeah. you've got Super Nintendo. You've got, mm. I mean, such different games. Things were changing radically think about the last seven years in gaming and think about 89 to 96 and 64 if you yeah. add another three years to that yeah the last seven years remember seven years ago the ps5 almost had come out yeah <laughs> yeah it in in 89 you've got last crusade in 96 i think you've got final fantasy 7 maybe 97 wow i think 96 i mean radical radical change yeah. 97 i remember remember oh, okay we put it in our we put the original playstation in our luggage to go to our dad's house in north carolina so we could just play it all week it was a good decision because that's what we did all week at our dad's house that's we right no other plans that's right yeah that was good good times he did not take the week off did he ever no no all right so <laughs> what's the drink what's the song this game's pretty fun with frustration when i was all done i just had to question what's the beer what's the song I just want to know what game is Westy 12. I will go first. My drink, I went uh, classic. I went with holy water from the Holy Grail. You know, got to get the Carpenter's Cup uh, and hope you chose wisely and not. I do love the pun of chose poorly as you're pouring the water. Ah. I feel like they should have played that as a dad. I feel like they should have played that pun up a little more. But yeah. uh, other than that, 
who wants to go next <laughs> uh i'll go next mine was i had yeah mine was uh mine was kind of uh, i thought about this a bit and then i came to a conclusion mine was sarsaparilla <laughs> and uh sarsaparilla Amazing. i'm i'm not that old but i remember i remember <laughs> you know you read like old-timey books or watch old-timey movies people would be like sarsaparilla we're drinking sarsaparilla and you'd be like okay i like soda i drink pepsi sarsaparilla is just an old-timey soda it's gonna be amazing and then you drink it and it's memories it's 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 reminiscent of, of the more modern drink but something's missing and for me that was this yeah. game um yeah and and probably i'm just really biased because i absolutely loved fate of atlantis and i have such strong memories of playing that but right fate of atlantis is a little more modern it's a little more in that way and, uh, and so for me, this game is sarsaparilla, where it's uh, it's like a carbonated cola, but, yeah. but you kind of want to punch it up with a little bit yeah. of something. For sure. Yep. We do have to say, though, just like the game, I mean, sarsaparilla for, for its, its time, time. For its time. Top, top 50 soda. <laughs> yes. Top 50 Absolutely. soda, easily Absolutely. 1854. Uh, I got to yeah. introduce my kids to sarsaparilla over the summer. We went wow. to Columbia, California. How'd that uh, go? Maddie, not a fan. That's where you drink. That's where you drink sarsaparilla. <laughs> Columbia. The ghost town. Yeah. That's where you do it. Harper loved it. Harper <laughs> loved it. Just like this mud really? bigger than her head, just putting it away. Um, the oh, four-year-old loved such it. A fan. Wow. Um, that's cool. I just remember being like <laughs> spicy root beer. I love, I love. I have another one. Maybe now's the time ben, to try it. Ben, next summer, next there summer, let's, let's chew it up in Columbia. Let's make it happen. I love it. Boom. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I chose um, a beer from upland brewing called found uh now in portland no oh because this is actually the point uh upland brewing. upright brewing yeah. i think we have upright brewing maybe that's something upland okay. brewing brewing is in bloomington bloomington indiana oh, oh. There you go. this beer is called that's found. the name of the guy in the game <gasps> right it's the name of the dog <laughs> the name of the dog um so it's a it's a wild ale. They do cool wild ales. Uh, I've not had this particular one, but I used to really like their beers um, when I lived in the area. And uh, yeah, I, I figured Found felt like Indiana Jones. He he found something. So that's my connection. Anyway, sounds like a good beer. Nice. And my Sweet. song uh, is "Shine On You Crazy Diamond" by yep, Pink Nice. Um, it was playing in the background uh, earlier today, and I heard it, and I was like, <laughs> "This yeah. is your Corey pick." It was on and it's in my head. Exactly. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, remember when you were young? Hey, that's the opening of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Remember when you were young? And then nice. it's, it stopped mattering, right? Uh, I, I could have connected other things, yeah. right? Diamonds, you know, Indiana Jones could probably find a diamond. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I like it. goodness this is the part of the episode where i realized i didn't think of a song but i have a segue and it ties in i will say two parts of this Perfect. game that still hold up they don't need any excuses made for them are the intro and the mm. outro because yeah. the intro with the train and the outro with the sunset are amazing and what's playing during yeah. the intro and the outro yeah. but is the is it 16 bit 16 bit indiana jones and it's so good. Oh, 
Indiana, Indiana Jones, 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 Indiana, Indiana Jones, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Like, even if you've never played this game, the minute that so intro good. rolls and you see the train and you hear the music, you're like, all right, this is amazing. Yep. So that's my song. My song Star is Star Wars. I, da, da, Star Wars. Da, da, da. That's that's as good as Holy Water from the Holy Grail for a drink. <laughs> I think my my version of that when I was a kid was Star Wars. I love Star Wars, and I would just Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I just walk around singing that to that's myself awesome. when I was like seven. <laughs> oh my god, we would have been yeah. best friends. That's awesome. This is my favorite theme song. This is my favorite theme song. <laughs> I went with something almost as timeless. Um, take me back to 2003. Uh, pop punk is on the kind of the downslide, right? 2002 That's was right. the big pop punk year. That's we right. all know that. Mm. 2003, it's more like rap core okay. is coming okay. into, and we have some female lead singers. They get their like Lincoln like, Park, Lincoln Park era. That's what I'm talking about. No, you're going to Evanescence. I can feel it. Oh, wake yeah. me up. Yeah. Wake me up inside, call my name and save me from the dark. Bid my blood to run before I come undone. This is Henry talking to mm. Indy. Save me from the nothing I've become. Yeah. It's his fault with the grail that all this has happened. He's got all the notes, all he solved, all the puzzles so the Nazis could get, so Donovan could get the grail. Uh, and then the song goes on, it's bring me to life and he brings him to life. But yeah, anyway, that was good. It's old. It's old. This game's old. The movie's old. That's the end of the connection. Uh, recommendation station. This is the part of the show where Larry sings a silly song. This is the part of the show where we talk about games we've seen, movies we've read, books we've played, mm. whatever you want to talk about here. Things you've been doing in your off time. Things you're not getting paid to do. Like you get paid to play uh, these games on our podcast here with all our rich patron money. Mm -hmm. With our six patrons. <laughs> we love you. We love you patrons. Thank you. Ben, ben, let me tell you. The kingdom? Yeah. The kingdom. It's got tears. It is crying. I bet. Crying. Sounds like it. Sounds like the Koroks are crying, actually. Oh, the Koroks are crying because we have crucified them. They have died for our sins. Literally crucifying the Koroks. Is a Korok a Korok seed? Does the Korok bear fruit as the seed? What's a Korok seed? <laughs> there is a fan theory that the seeds are the Koroks poop. I mean... Yeah. Uh, so we are referencing the new Zelda sequel to Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, which Ben derisively called a DLC, but with worse graphics uh, earlier Ooh. this very week. It's more like if you took a game and then like cleared out all the NPCs. And then just charge people $70 again for it five years later. Holy cow, this game is good. And then gave and then gave them like one new mechanic. People hate that it's seventy dollars. They're so mad about that. They hate it. Um, games were sixty dollars in nineteen ninety eight. It's insane that games still cost around that amount. Th that is the equivalent equivalent of like hundred and fifty dollars today. Yeah, it's crazy. It is nuts that games are so cheap. I still want it. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, yeah. but yeah, but uh, how are you liking it? Oh, it's so good. It's so nice. good. I think it might be better than Breath of the Wild. And Settle I'm down. really surprised at that. It well, it's is... the same game, but with more mechanics, right? So how could it be worse? No. Um, and is Ganondorf back? Uh, Ganon. 
uh, not Ganondorf, but who's Ganondorf? Uh, perhaps uh, he's a different character. Glamdring. Yeah, there you go. Gla- Galadriel. G- Gorgon. Who's the guy from Smurfs? Uh, uh, Gargamel. 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 Gilgamesh. All right. Why am I talking? Jay, tell me more about the game. It's it's amazing. It's uh, such a different tone than the original. It's uh, it's not like they did away with the NPCs because actually there's a lot more NPCs. Ben. I mean, they like moved them around. It's more like they added Minecraft. Yeah, OK, I can see that a lot of a lot of building stuff and then tons and tons of like thoughtful puzzles and stuff where. So one of the things that will show up is you'll be walking along. And from the first game, there are these uh, little little woodland creatures called Koroks. And uh, if you find one, you get a Korok seed. And so they're always hiding under a rock. Basically, when you look on the map, you're like, that area over there just looks cool. I don't know why, but there's like a little point off of that that cliff. I bet there's something cool there. And you go to that point and there's a rock on the ground. You pick up the rock and underneath is a Korok and gives you a Korok seed. And you can turn it in and, and get something with it. He's like a little like leafy green monster, right? Yeah. So now the Koroks, uh, you can find those. They exist. But also, uh, some of the Koroks are just backpacking. Hmm. They're just like walking across the country backpacking. Figuring and you'll come across one. And uh, he's like on his back. His backpack is roughly 12 times the size of him. And he says, I'm too tired. I can't walk anymore. And he just rolls around like a turtle on the back of his shell. And he says, I, cool. I have to find my friend. You, ha- you have to help me. And you look over and, you know, 50 feet away is his friend. But it's across a ravine or something like that. And it's right. like, oh, wow. How will I get him over there? And he's surrounded by all of these rudimentary tools. Right. And you can, you know, there's a rocket and there's a hot air balloon and there's a ramp and a spring. And you start putting them together and making machines to get these two little buddies connected. Mm. Or if you're on the Internet, you make some kind of like death machine that yeah. breathes fire and put a giant cross on it and crucify the Korok with a literal stake and then just drive over to the front and take a video and share it on Twitter because all of uh, all of Twitter and uh, TikTok and whatever the kids are doing these days has been taken with crucifying Koroks. It Amazing. is the new rage and it is phenomenal. Uh, I have not done one myself, uh, but solving these little Korok puzzles is fantastic. Um, That's awesome. I do think you're meant to hurt the Koroks uh, and for it to be sweet and fun because when you you're find a Korok... You're meant to hurt them? Yeah. I, I defended this earlier to a friend. So the normal way to find a Korok, right, I said is to pick up a rock. You pick sure. up a rock... Yeah. And it's 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 huge. It's bigger than, you know, your head. You, you yeah, pick yeah. it up over your head. There's a Korok underneath. And what do you do when you're done with the conversation? You press B, meaning I am now done with this conversation. And what does Link do? He drops, drops the, the rock on the Korok's head. Amazing. So your automatic mm. function of just like B, I'm done with the conversation. is just go you know, bonk. And the Korok goes, oh, and falls back. Oh, and it's like just enough that you're like, that, that was kind of funny. That was, that was right, I mean, right. they've set it up to really encourage you to drop rocks on Korok's head. And this is just one up. Isn't it? Nice. Olivia and I are making our oh. way through uh, the MCU. We're three movies in. She's really excited about that. So where's three movies in? That's Iron Man, Iron Man 2. And you can kind of go. Yeah, we skipped Hulk. And Spider-Man? We might go back no. to Hulk. Oh, we didn't do any Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man Spew. Spider-Man 2. Yep. Um, we yep. are going to. I think the reason we st- we did uh, Captain America because he's the first Avenger. And we kind of stopped because Thor is next. I'm like, oh, it's tough. Mm. And we had a conversation about, should we watch every movie? Because then we have to watch Dark World at some point and Iron Man 3 at some point. <laughs> so some tough MCU movies ahead. It takes a while to get to like Avengers and Ragnarok and the ones that are like, oh my God, this is the apex of filmmaking. 
Is there a way that you're meant to watch? So, so like, you know, you can watch them chronologically as they came out of theaters, but then certainly yeah, you must be able to watch these like in the order that they appear in the MCU, right? Is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. We're there's So there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. Yeah, there's so we went with one that basically like builds the, it's kind of a mixture of both because it, if you just start at like Captain Marvel, which is the first one, because it takes place in the, I guess it's tough because Captain America takes place in the forties, but also takes place in like 2012. Sure. Uh, the end of it takes place in 2012. Captain Marvel takes place in the nineties, but also there's a flash forward a lot. Of, like they jump in around. So it's hard to just say like, we'll start in 1940 and go forward because that was like the seventh movie made or whatever. You can also do the machete order and just skip Phantom Menace entirely. Mm. That's true. Yeah. She loves Phantom Menace though. So no. <laughs> Jar Jar, I mean. Which, to be clear, they all occur before all of the events of the MCU, except for the Eternals. Oh, that's true. We should start with Eternals. That's a good point. Yeah. God, I couldn't even make it through that one. Mm. <sighs> that's what I'm doing. Uh, I went on a big bike trip a couple weeks ago. I have not, other than Indy, I have not played a single video game since I've been back. Uh-huh. And I was playing like two or three hours a day of PGA 20, 2K23. And so... I think I like saw the real world and was like, oh, the real world's really fun. I actually went to Pebble Beach. You think you're better than us, Ben? <laughs> hey, Rich, get a load of this guy. He thinks he's better than us. Always talking about his biking. <laughs> oh, hey, horses. I'm riding on my bike next to you. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty it awesome. Dreamy. Uh, honestly, if, if my stupid backbone had worked, I would have been playing PGA every single night of that trip, but it wasn't working. And so I was like, I guess I'll just look at my phone. Sorry for getting you a backbone, Ben. It worked for you. It was awesome. It doesn't work anymore. So nothing works. But yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, the end of that little story arc. We started watching the MCU movies and then in theaters saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 last week. How is it? And that was a realization that I don't think I can watch the MCU movie with a nine-year-old mm. or all, all the MCU movies with a nine-year-old, because that is what? one of the goriest movies I've ever seen. Oh. And it's, there's the first F-bomb, not a big deal. They've seen movies with, that, right. with, with the fuck word in it, but wow. uh, still like it's, and it's even if you took the gore out of it, the animal and I mean, it's rocket raccoon, right? So it's, he's a character that we know and love. Mm. It's not just like a random raccoon. It's like, you see it by the side of the road. That's sad. But it's one you see by the side of the road that you've invested like dozens of oh, hours in and you, you care about and like give a giant spoiler out. Rocket Raccoon does Rocket Raccoon does not become a roadkill in this movie. He gets murdered. Wow. He, five minutes in. Five minutes in, just murked. Yeah. No, but you it's you hear a lot about his past, right? And you know that he's been like operated on. They've alluded to that before. So you get a lot of his story and people that he loves and stuff. And it, there's some tragic stuff. Hmm. And so it's hard to watch. It's like tearjerker throughout a couple times. So, wow. and on top of that, brutal like genocides and torture scenes and just like like genocides of people that we've gotten to know. Oh my goodness! Like rough. Wow. So it's really intense. Really funny. Also, mm. it's I think really good. But I was like, oh, this is different than <laughs> Captain Marvel. Or <laughs> this is probably it's weird that they're all the Galaxy One. Or yeah, or even Guardians. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's basically um, not Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn's the model guy, right? The stylist guy. What's, what's this guy's name? Yes. James Gunn. Jim Gunn. Is it James Gunn? <laughs> it's James. Are you sure? Oh, I right. do love that Sean you just Penn? automatically nicknamed went straight from James to Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jimbo? Sure. Very familiar. Yeah, Jimmy Gunn. No, I know. Uh, it's James Gunn's like farewell to the MCU, and he's going to DC now. So good for him that he was kind of able to do what he wanted to do with it. 
But yeah, yeah, like carrying on in the footsteps of Billy Shatner. Exactly, Bilbo Shatner. <laughs> uh, Rich, what about you? What have you been up to? I man? I actually just got a PS5. Hell yes. Oh yeah. yeah. What are we jumping into? Harry Potter. PGA 2K23. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. How is uh, it? Un- unapologetically a fan of the of that. Um, it's fine. Like a little apologetically. It's fine a little bit. I mean, I don't know how to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to feel about it. But <laughs> I'll offer a quick apology for in, on his behalf to all, to all of our trans listeners. The podcast does not uh, condone or approve of any plane of the galaxy or the legacy. What's it called? Yeah. Hogwarts Galaxy. Yeah. No, play, play play the game all you want. <laughs> just say JK Rowling. Yeah. Go on. It, right. Yeah. Exactly. It, I, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Um. But I also I I was like, gosh, there are so many games. I probably would have downloaded yeah, yeah. the new Star Wars game or bought the new Star Wars game. Oh, it's so good. Is it? It's so good. I've heard that it's not stable or not that stable on the PS5. But is oh it, yeah, it's been great on the PS5. Has it? Okay. Sweet. Yeah, the only issues I've run into were, are in cutscenes with clothing kind of shimmering in and out. That happens in a lot of stuff uh, when they have enough, you know, custom clothing, basically. Yeah. If you want to give your guy a mullet, it might not look great in every cutscene. Okay. I mean, that's um, good to know because the actual the, gameplay itself has been the, fantastic. That Harry Potter game's been totally underwhelming. Uh, so, so I've been like, well, but obviously the PS5 is incredible. Elden Ring, do it. All right. I'm still stuck I mean, on Dark Souls too. So. I think the prettiest game I played on PS5 was one of the first games I played, which was uh, Miles Morales. Mm. Yeah. Like you get full 60. 60k wow it's too many k's so many k's 4k 60 hertz wow. and you get the ray tracing like it's all the pretty shiny things that you got a ps5 for and it's only like eight hours long also highly recommend ratchet and clank uh but real quick about elden so, ring yeah i've heard that's good just want to say imagine if in dark souls 2 you could run away from stuff yeah on a big horse and then go explore something fun no, i've definitely seen plenty of plays through um I honestly, the other ones I want to play are just the Spider-Man games. I know that have been out for a couple of years. Yeah, for me, dude. That I just have I'm totally missed you, out on. So, yeah, so, so fun. there's there is a lot to play. Recently, I played Cult of Lamb. That was so great. Yeah. Um, and I just put somehow I put like 70 hours into <laughs> Fallout 4, which I had already put a bunch of hours into. But just dude. goes to show you the replay of that game, which is now six years old. Something like that. Wow. Is that it? Yeah, wow, it's I old. It was like ten years old. It's old. So, um, uh, and then the PS5 I got came with God of War, which I haven't played since the last one I played was like '04, probably. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. I don't know if it's any good. Oh, I play. I started playing. So when Ragnarok came out in like November, December, I was like, oh, we'll play Tyler and I, and I think Nick. It's like we'll play the original, and then we'll jump to Ragnarok. And I huh. couldn't finish the original. Yeah, not the original, but the one that came out, you know, like like three years ago. Um, whatever one, and they don't they stop numbering it. I think it was just called God of War. Um, but I've heard amazing things about Ragnarok. Are you liking it? I haven't played it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's on the list. Yeah, well, yeah, it came with the Xbox or Xbox. So it's going to take a while to change that one out of my brain. Came with the PlayStation. So, dude, that's a beautiful game. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me know, man. I, I might jump in on it. Yeah. And have you played you the like uh, Astrobot? No. That came oh, with is it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it good? It's so good. Really? Like it has no right Dude. to be as good as it is. The kids have put like 300 hours into that. I think I just like immediately deleted yeah. it. No, it's it's <laughs> it's really? so much fun. Oh, I mean, I I truly I was like, oh, this is clutter, gone. But I guess I'll have to That's bring it back. That's hilarious. I like how you're immediately not even close to out of space, but you're like, no, 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 get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fun. I mean, even playing it for like five minutes is really fun. Then it like shows you all the cool things that PS5 controller can do, uh, that type of stuff. 
Uh, ben recommended Andor. He recommended yeah. it like 40 times. And I kept being yeah. like, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I just, I'm just waiting for a time when my wife will watch it with me. And then I was like, we are halfway through five shows. Right. And we are not watching them together. And I'm just going to watch a show on my own. And that's the way it goes. And when I finished it, I told her it was amazing. She goes, Andor, what's that? And I was like, I should not have waited for you. There was no reason to do this. Do you guys not watch shows by yourself? Because I just talked to a friend who's like, uh, I can't watch that. My wife doesn't like it. I, oh, no, we absolutely like, watch. I, no, most I, of the shows I watch, I watch by myself. I can't watch shows she likes. Right. There's the shows we watch together. Oh, yeah. OK. And so we, we've been watching like Mandalorian together. We watched like those ones. I was like, oh, Andor's the next one. I can't watch that one solo. Same. You just hadn't talked to her Same. about it yet. Yeah, I assume she wanted to see it. Got it, got it, got it. But she hadn't and, even heard of it. And had never heard of it. Got it. I, I finished it. It was fantastic. Incredible. So nice. then I got on a, a spy. I've always been on a spy movie kick, but I think I've seen every spy movie. There's just not as many as you would think there are. Huh. Uh, it's really unfortunate. Because every year or two, I like Google spy movies be like, okay, what are the top 10? I was like, yeah, no, those are them. Uh. Crap. Are there others? When they throw spy game spy games in there as like number three, and I'm like, spy games is not that good of a movie. I, I liked it a lot, but is it the Robert Redford Brad Pitt? Yeah, it's fun. It's a, but it's, it's not a top five in a genre. What about? Oh, I was thinking Hudson Hawk, but that's a heist movie, that's, that's, which I associate very yeah, heist movie. Yeah, I love a heist movie too. Love a heist movie also. Also, when I think about spy movies, I think about like movies set in the Cold War. I, haven't there been? Yeah, like most of that genre of movie is somehow in. In East Germany and Berlin? I, I thought so. There's just not that many of them, or they, they weren't all that great. Um, Did you see Man From U.N.C.L.E. a couple years ago? No, was that any good? Eight years ago. It was really fun. Okay. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, and I'm not looking for the James Bond-type spy movie. No, no, no. Right, I'm looking for slightly more realistic. All right. So, But I got into spy TV shows, so I watched Slow Horses, which was phenomenal. Huh. And I started watching... I'm sorry, Ben. Ben is so angry at this show. <laughs> I just won't watch it. That's that's fine. I mean, it's not like Tears of the Kingdom bad, but it's like, you know, right. It was really, really good. Uh, I was impressed with it. And then uh, I started watching uh, The Little Drummer Girl. Um, The uh, this is a um, who is a John Le Carre. It's a John Le Carre book uh, that it's based on. uh, It's a BBC production. Park Chan-wook, who's the director of Old Boy um, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, is the person who put this together. I'm an episode in, and it's like engaging. Florence Pugh. Florence oh, Pugh. Out, there pew, we go. Pew, pew, Alexander Skarsgård. Michael fucking <laughs> Shannon. Dude, it's good. Oh, I'm Michael Shannon this. is so, I can't so Five years good. ago? I'm watching this tonight, dude. M- Michael Shannon is aged Jewish spy master. Wait, what show? The Little Drummer Girl. It's a mini. It's a miniseries. Yeah. Oh, my God. This looks awesome. That's the other nice thing is knowing you've only got six episodes. The, the first episode, I would say, is both uh, somewhat slow in the sense of, like, impressionistic. Uh, you know, you've got a good director taking his time. And also, like, like stuff happens in the first two minutes. Like, like some real stuff happens that might throw you off the entire thing. You'd be like, I'm not going to watch this show now. Thank you very much. Do you recommend it, though? So it's it. I do. Oh, yeah. Right. So far. Dude, I'm excited. I'm just saying they might they might vivisect Rocket Raccoon in the first two minutes. I'm just implying that. I mean, if it, this is from the same director's old boy where they eat, where they exactly. eat a live octopus on screen and they did it with no CG. So, and the actor is a devout Buddhist and vegetarian. Oh, in that old boy scene, he, in that old boy scene, yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. actor, he apologized to the octopus before doing it. 
Cool. And then did the scene. That's how I do my murders. And then was sobbing afterwards and asked if they needed another take. Wow. Wow. That's brutal. With like ink pouring down his face. Uh huh. All right. God, Let's get out rough. of this podcast. I feel like we've been here too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next month, I believe, is Jason's pick. And it's season? Season. Season, uh, which you already started playing. Did you finish? No, I got about five or six hours in. Is there a finish? You is there a story? Yes, I think okay. so. Yeah, pretty linear, actually. Oh, okay. But it's like going around, taking pictures, but not at all like Umurangi Generation, which is a game no. where you go around and take pictures. Correct. Okay, cool. Which I guess you could do in a lot of games, take pictures <laughs> and things. But yes. it's the sole mechanic of both of these games. You're like, wait, wait, wait. So this death loop game, you're saying it's nothing like Wolfenstein 3D, but you walk around shooting things? What are you talking about? They're the same game. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, you kill zombies, just like Wolfenstein. Yeah, I get it. Wait, zombies? Nazis. Same thing. Anyway, I'm tired. Eventually, we're going to play Star Wars Survivor in the next few months. I think we're... What was, didn't we have another game after uh, Season? Maybe that was just it. Maybe it was Indian Season is all we had lined up. Uh, no, Star Wars. We'll talk off air about what we have next. I think eventually, I think there might be a game in between. I think Corey has a pick in between. Yeah. Um, Rich, thanks so much for being here, man. Yeah, yeah, you. thank you. Goodness. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Deep tracks only. Holy cow. Last crusade. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, yeah. Do you have another game, an old school game you want to come on next for? Uh, an old school game that I want to. Oh, I just thought I just had one in my head. There's a uh, Star Wars top down game where you play as a Jedi, but I can't think of what it's called. What? In honor of KOTOR, I think the next one we do should be the Old Republic. Oh, I never played that. I haven't either. Ben, this is the Star Wars version of uh, WoW. Yeah. Is it? I mean, are the servers still up, though? Yeah. They have to be, right? They did, they did a recent update. Okay. Um, I saw it, and I think I emailed you about it or texted you, but uh, I'll look into it real quick. I, th- I remember we talked about it at some point in the last year or so. Let's, yeah, let's look into it. Uh, maybe this fall we'll get, jump into that. That'd be awesome. It would be fun to just like spend a month in that world tooling around in that. Totally. Um, That's one of those games that I feel like I should have played. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But but never did. No, actually, I feel like Richard should have played that. I don't feel like I should have played that. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. They just had a um, an expansion last year. Wow, dude. Let's get on that. All right. That's what you're coming on for next. Unless you think of that other game. Find that uh, top down Jedi, Jedi game. That Jedi cool. Power Battles. I think that's the game I'm thinking of. Did either Jedi of you play that? Power Battles. Yeah, Jedi so. Power Battles. Dude. Oh, I definitely remember playing some of this um, on Dreamcast, I think, at PJ's house, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Which actually looks really good on Dreamcast. It looks pretty fun. Oh, it's a great game. It was awesome. Dude, that's sweet. I definitely did not beat that or anything. Oh, um, Old Republic is only on PC, so we might not be doing this. Or, Ben, you might be finding a friend with a PC. Or maybe just me and Rich will play. Me and Rich. I think doesn't Nick have a gaming PC? Get him, get Nick on it. Boom. Done. All right. Well. Well, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks All for right. coming. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Peace out, man. Yeah, I see it. Thanks again for listening. This is a really fun episode. Thanks again to Rich for being on the podcast. And thank you so much to David Botluck, of course, our podcast producer. Couldn't do it without you, man. 
Uh, we need to have David on. Yeah. Um, if you have a free dollar or five dollars a month and you want to donate to our cause, the cause of discovering these old games from the Lucasfilm Games archives and games like it, uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash month, M-O-L-M-M. You can always uh, email us at mulfpod at gmail.com m-o-l-m-f-p-o-d just like the band at gmail.com if you have any questions comments or concerns or just want to like suggest a game to us or be on the pod let us know we'd love to hang out we're pretty chill we're cool guys as always i have been ben i will be jason we miss you Corey. we didn't even mention Corey. should we have done that earlier (laughs) (laughs) r.i.p shout out to a real one r.i.p (laughs) Corey. well I am a mighty Jedi pirate. (laughs) And I chose poorly. 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 Alright. See you, man. Later. Peace.